everyone. Welcome to this week's Motherkind Moment, your place on a Monday for calm connection and maybe even a shift in perspective before the crazy week ahead. Something a bit different this week because I had the honour of being on the Made by Mamas podcast with the lovely Zoe and Georgia last week. And in it, they asked me why I started this podcast. So I thought I'd share my answer as today's moment. And if you want to listen to the rest of the episode where we dive into my thoughts on perfectionism, control and generational patterns, then just search Made by Mamas wherever you are listening to this episode. So here is the moment. I hope you enjoy it. Here it is. So today's chat is one that comes up a lot, actually, and it's about, I guess, letting go of perfection and shaping the type of parents that we want to become. It's one of those chats that's kind of ever evolving. We always find more things to say on the subject. Ultimately, we just really want to raise well-rounded, happy individuals, but we also want to be well-rounded, happy individuals ourselves as parents. And we just kind of try and provide them with the tools to make their own way rather than actually letting them mirror our behaviour. So today we are going to be chatting to Zoe Blasky, who is the host of the Motherkind podcast, and she's also a coach. And she is on a mission to help you become the most alive and joyful version of you, which I think is just beautiful. So let's get into it. I'm going to throw it out there. I'm going to say that both of us really need this podcast today. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm so, so thrilled uh, to welcome this incredible lady to the podcast, Uh, founder of Motherkind. She's a qualified transformational coach. It's Zoe Blasky. Yay! Can you fix us? How are you? I'll try. I'm all right. I'm all right. We just, um, we went away last week. So I'm in that slightly post-holiday zen uh, and the kids went back to school. So yeah, it's nice to have a bit of breathing space from a week, you know, ferrying them in and out the pool. You know what it's like? Yeah, yes. they call it a holiday, but let's let's just talk about that. Because when, when you're taking kids away, it ain't. It's not. It's not. I, I actually wrote about this yesterday uh, on social because it's. It, I used to think of holidays. Well, holidays used to be, right? Having a lion, a long, down lazy night, reading yeah. a book a day. Yeah. And, and I think... If you go into a holiday with little ones with any expectation you're going to sit down for more than five minutes, you're going to get resentful. So I just call it a break. It's just a break. It's a change of scenery. That's change what I'm saying. Okay, we're going for a change of scenery. And also, if we stay in a hotel, I do think to myself, well, at least I'm not like making the beds and I'm not um, like making Cooking the breakfast, breakfast and yeah. I'm not doing those sorts of things. So, you know, look for the positives. Exactly. It's, it's, a, it's a break from the normal routine. It's definitely not a holiday. Sometimes I think it's harder because at home I've got their toys. You know, I know we can go to the local park and that'll be an hour past. Whereas on holiday, it's like, oh my God. And they get up earlier. I'm like putting them to bed later and later every night and they're getting up earlier and earlier. I don't know what's, what that's it's about. It's that whole thing, isn't it? You put them to bed like five hours later and they wake up 15 minutes later in the morning. Like five hours later going to bed equals 15 minutes later in the morning. Lovely. Sometimes earlier. Sometimes so earlier. Yeah, exactly. It, it's the math that does work. Okay, Zoe, for anybody listening, um, can you just talk to us a little bit about Motherkind? Yeah, I'd love to. So I um, I started it, or the seeds of it started when I was in that 
you know, full on first year of motherhood. And I had been in this sort of well-being coaching world before motherhood. So I was like, oh, you know, I've got some tools. I know what I'm up to. I was already trained as a coach and supporting people. And yet it floored me. That first year of motherhood absolutely floored me more than I ever mm. had imagined. And I know now that's a totally normal, almost universal experience, but I didn't, I didn't know that at the time. Yeah. And I started looking around for um, support, I guess, from coaches, therapists, because that was my world. That's what I'd always done. I'd come up against a problem and I'd had lots in my twenties and thought, okay, who can help me with this? And so I started looking for that same sort of content around motherhood and I didn't find much. There was a bit in America I found loads on what to wear, how to start your side hustle, uh, which step was the naughty step, what brand of gin to drink for the overwhelm. And I'm like, I was sober eight years at that point. I was like, well, that's not going to help me. Mm. I don't really care about what I look like. It was my, it was my inner experience that was just so hard. I, you know, I thought that I'd changed a lot of my self-defeating beliefs about not feeling good enough and being really perfectionist and really comparing myself. And all of that just came up louder than ever before in that first year. What sort of things were like, what sort of things were coming up? What, what, what did you feel like you like weren't doing well enough? Yeah, I think I've always had a sense of not feeling good enough. And I'd worked really hard in my sort of late 20s, early 30s on that. And then when I became a mum, it just everything I did, I felt that I wasn't doing it well enough. And mm. the parenting books were making it a lot, lot, lot worse. A lot worse. Like every parenting book that I picked up seemed to really turn the volume up on you're not doing it right. I remember picking up one and I won't name it because it's not fair. And it had this table about identifying your baby's cry. Don't know if you know the one I'm talking about. I know and it was like, I think I do. <laughs> if the cry's like this, then your baby's hungry. If the cry's like, this. and I think it said something like, you know, a mother will be able to identify the 20 different cries that your baby has because you're so innately connected. And I remember just bursting into tears and thinking, they all sound the same to me. She won't stop crying. I can't handle this. I'm terrible mm. at this. I'm not, I'm not cut out for it. I cannot do it. Um, and so, yeah, it was, it was really all that stuff came up. Perfectionism came up. Control came up, which is a massive way that I used to help myself feel safe in the world right. before motherhood. I would try and control everything and everyone and micromanage to feel safe. That's what control is about. It's about safety. But obviously when you try and do that with a baby or young mm. children, it mm. doesn't work. You have to find other ways to start to bring that safety to yourself. So I started looking outside of parenting books. I was like, right, so parenting books and parenting content ain't going to be helping me. Where <laughs> can I look? So I started looking at... Um, loads of different sources and, and really amazing sort of deep thinkers in the world about generational patterns and about, you know, psychotherapy. And that really, really helped me. I started to understand stuff like, um, I will experience in my parenting role, what happened to me at that same age. I was like, why has no one told me that? So I said to my mom, how was our first year together? She was like, really hard. I was like, okay, so this is being mirrored and triggered back to me. So I started doing all this research, but this was just for me. And then yeah. I started telling friends about it. I'm sure you guys had the same experience when you started this podcast. And someone said, I think you should share this on a wider scale. Why don't you get some of these guests in and share what you're learning? And I was really resistant. 
I was super resistant. Why was that? I'd come from a corporate background. I was like in marketing. I'd never even interviewed anyone publicly. I had no idea how to start podcasts. I didn't want to really have a public persona or social platform. I just thought, no, that's not for me. I'll enjoy consuming other people and other people's work. And um, yeah, I think it's like a truism of life, isn't it? That's sort of what you resist most often. Comes to you. Yeah, yeah, unlocks yeah, the greatest yeah, transformation yeah. and it's really what you're meant to do. And so I did it with a lot of resistance. I recorded six episodes of the podcast. I told myself, you don't have to put them out. That's how I did it. So I was like, you record them, but you don't have to release them. And then I did. And then, yeah, that was four years ago. 